What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 111 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson. I'm <laughs> Ryan Marlowe. I'm Stan Gadurski. Welcome to the show. Um, how was everyone's week? Uh, it was interesting. Interesting. We, we don't talk about politics a lot on this show, but it's been a pretty shitty week for politics. So that's yeah. why we love nerd stuff to, exactly. <laughs> for, for all the escapism. You know, Guardians came out this past weekend, so we're going to talk about that later in the show. And American Gods premiered last Sunday! Yes, yes, we're going to talk about that too. Yesterday, yesterday was free comic book day. Did any of you guys go out and celebrate and pick up uh, your freebies? Take advantage of the comic book sales? Yes. Excellent. I woke up super late on Saturday, and I got to the comic book shop maybe around like 3 or four. They ran out of certain stuff because they were people who were camping out, I guess, like the night before. Why? Be- because they wanted. I. Well, I mean. I thought you didn't have to do that anymore. They wanted. Yeah, some some people hardcore. Six page marketing preview of the comics coming out next season. Like. I don't know. I, I guess the, I went to Third Eye Comics. I don't know what exclusive stuff they had. Not good enough to line up overnight. I mean, I I had the same reaction too. I was I was on Facebook and I was like, oh wow, I didn't know camping out was a thing for free comic book day. I know people would wake up super early and would be there like a, like an hour or two before before opening. But yeah, but that's different than like camping out overnight for yeah. This is not like the Nintendo Wii. Like, get over it. They're they're free. I'm sure they're free digitally as well. Like I'm sure you can get them. Thir- well, Third Eye Comics as a as a comic book retailer is really huge, and they they do their own store specific variants. So I'm wondering if that that was a reason why. Listen, this is this is what happened on my free comic book day. I looked at Midtown Comics Facebook post, and they were like, "We'll be giving away free comic book day books at 11 a.m." So I was like, "Okay," I had breakfast. I got dressed. I walked over. 11.30. There were two people at a table with stacks of the books already in paper bags. And they were like, here, do you want them? Take them. And then, and then later on, they were like, does anyone want free comics? Please come get these free comics. Are there you was, serious? Yep. Yep. Midtown One, Comics. Midtown Comics. Just, ha- just handing them out. Nobody lining up. And they were just like, please take these books. I wish I had known that. Because I totally could have made a pit stop last night before dinner. It sounds the way you presented it, it sounds like a ghost town. Like Third Eye was just completely packed the entire day. Like even even like three or four p.m. when I showed up, it was still a madhouse. I mean, it was I, packed, I, I but I find that so bizarre. It could be the location because you know I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it away on the audio. But if you want to go to Midtown Comics, you go to the downtown location because nobody knows it exists. Pro tips: because everybody goes. To Times Square. Everybody See, that's goes to the Grand one I Central. thought you were talking about. I was like, wait a minute, that was a ghost town? I'm shocked. You go to Midtown Comics downtown. Tell them Stanley sent you. They won't know who you're talking about. They'll they'll be thinking you're talking about Stan Lee, and they'll be like, he didn't send you. He doesn't know <laughs> who you are. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yeah, so by the time I arrived, um, I guess all the, not the bottom of the barrel stuff, but like, the least interesting stuff were just left, so... I mean, they had Secret Empire. They had so much Secret Empire. Ah, yes. My favorite bottom-of-the-barrel <laughs> book. 
they had Secret Empire, and then the new Gardens book, and then like two or three other titles that I wasn't really interested in. I I just picked up like Secret Empire and Guardians. Um, I don't even know if I want to read Secret Empire because I mean, uh, we talked about it, we spoiled it uh, on last week's episode. It's and not I'm, great. It's it's just Cap America. <laughs> Uh, hijacking a bunch of shield helicarriers, going to DC, and and then the heroes realizing they capitrated them, and then their powers start going really wonky and malfunctioning, and then Jane Foster Thor drops the hammer, and then at the end of the issue, Cap America picks up Mjolnir, and everyone's shocked. And I feel like I I mean I haven't touched any of the Secret Empire Cap Hydra stuff because don't do it. The, the i the idea of it's so ridiculous to me and you know i think it's just pure shock value i think it's really sloppy disrespectful writing i mean i i made the mistake of picking up both secret empire issue 0 and secret empire issue 1 wait so what how um what exactly happened in in 0 0 is the events preceding the free comic book day story so it's it's actually the most interesting part of all of secret empire i feel because it's cap is still pretending to be you know captain america and not captain hydra and so he's like orchestrating this huge multi like faceted attack on the planet like you have the chitari coming to invade earth and then you have like all these villains breaking out of prison and attacking new york so all the heroes are like split up and the American government gives Cap emergency powers to command the U.S. military, and mm-hmm. then he does he do, he does some like Walter White shit, and then completely brings down like everybody at once. Yeah, well, he yes. he, he will be soon, but he yes. like he like does this thing where like over the course of like a few minutes, like everything just comes crashing down, and then he goes for the White House, and then it ends there, and then that's where the Free Comic Book Day book picks up because everybody who's not in space or in New York is like scrambling to get to Washington because I don't know cap cap makes a shield like encompass earth so that all the heroes that are fighting in space can't get back in. So captain Marvel, the guardians of the galaxy can't come back to earth and they're getting like hammered by Chitauri forces that are just constantly coming in. And he surrounds all of Manhattan in like a dark, like void thing that, completely takes all the heroes in Manhattan out of the picture and everyone living in Manhattan is just like stuck in this black portal and including Doctor Strange who's trapped and can't even use his magic to get out and and so everyone who's who wasn't in New York at the time is like at DC and that's when they get like squashed by Captain America in the free comic book day book. And then Secret Wars number one picks up like out of the fucking blue like months later where Everything is already ruled by Captain America. Like, they burnt all the history textbooks and, like, replaced them with ones where, like, Hydra is, like, great. And there's, like, a poster on the classroom wall. It's, like, Captain America wants you to hail Hydra, kids. And it's just, like, a poster of Captain. Like, the kids That's behind horrifying. him hailing Hydra. And, then, like, all the kids are, like, screaming hail Hydra in class. And, and all the heroes that were left over are, like, forming, like, this pockets of res- resistance and, like california or what or nevada or wherever it is and you have like hawkeye and black widow and amadeus cho hulk and miles and spider-man and 
And yeah, it's it's dumb. Like the I was more really curious because it seemed interesting to see like just Cap orchestrate the supervillain stuff going on. I thought it was gonna be like that he's trying to take over and then Secret Empire would be them trying to stop him at the same time but then it's just like secret empire is actually like oh cap already won and everybody's just like there's like fucking hail hydra flags and shit and all the subways and people are just like going about their day because it's like oh new status quo like captain america is rounding up inhumans and putting them in concentration camps and secret empire so I'm, wow! Yeah, I'm, wow! I'm I, way I over like it. I like dystopia. I like dystopian films and novels and comics and stuff. It's just that I wow. Uh, that yeah, hurts I'm, me. A little. I just that's just messed up. I the, mo- the most interesting so part was like the part where it was like okay, he he flips on him and he's trying to take over, and that was the most interesting part because it's like oh man, like everything is going to shit, but they're trying to like, and, but then the main event is like him already. He's already won, and now they're like trying to like, you know, take America back from him. It's it's dumb, and and I have no. I have after that, I have like zero interest in reading the rest of it. I was like morbidly curious, but now I'm not even curious. It's like, oh, and now he's going to lift up Molnir and now he's not like fucking like who cares. So he's now just... he's god status essentially. Yeah, and it's just going to and they obviously we already know that next is going to be generations and then legacy, so it's not even like a lasting status quo thing. It just none of this has any lasting permanence. Yeah. Cuz comics, cuz comics. Like the Pointless. perfect the perfect reaction to this, I was I was in the store just walking around, and this older gentleman, uh, he had to be sixties, I guess he he was a a big fan of like the the OG Cap America comics, and I shit you not, an employee was explaining to him for like twenty to tw- thirty minutes, and the, this employee was trying to sell the Secret Empire issue to the old man. The old man's like, but he's Captain America. This doesn't make sense and then the other guy was like but this is but this is really cool and then like uh, this is how or this is how they they're they're bending the character and shaking things up and it it will, it will all go back to the says quo and like a couple of crossovers but it was just like uh the old man just, like had one the, tear in his yeah eye just like the, going down his cheek the old man the old man's like but that's not my cap and it's like is he cap? nobody's or, cap is, and it's like no uh, he's hydra's cap it's it's yeah. nobody's cap right now. Yeah. It's Marvel's yeah. cap and only hashtag Marvel. not my cap. Nick Spencer's cap. That's that's the only yeah. one. Chris, that hashtag is far too real. Uh, is it? A, uh, wait, is it an actual hashtag? I well replace cap like with president, and yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. the Sam Wilson. That's that's who should be cap right now. But there, but I will say this: there is a good, there is a pretty good spi- spectacular Spider-Man backup story. In that issue, rip, written by Chip Zarsky, who, you know, did Howard the Duck, Sex Criminals, and he's writing Spectacular Spider-Man, and this was, like, the um, preview of that, and it's really funny. I don't know why the hell uh, Peter is loudly talking to Mary Jane in, like, an open-air cafe about him being Spider-Man, because, like, you can clearly hear everybody who talks in, like, a cafe like that. But anyway, he fights Vulture, he makes a lot of, like, really, you know, old people jokes, to the vulture, kind of like what we were doing in a previous episode. 
<laughs> it's and and the vulture's like this this is ageism i don't like this <laughs> it's it's funny and 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 it's it's worth a read more so than the stupid secret empire stuff in the in the beginning um so do you have high hopes for homecoming then yeah, I think Homecoming will be good. And I also have high hopes for Spectacular Spider-Man because Howard the Duck was fucking hilarious. Uh, Alright, so let's move on to the newsflash, the news bus. Um, this week, in terms of comic book news, there's been a lot of exciting stuff that has been churning out. Most of, most of them trailers uh, for various movies and, and uh, television properties. So we're going to go with the first one. The Defenders. Yes. So this, yes. Looks real so cool. finally, yeah, this this dropped like at the beginning of the week. This epic. It was the uh, best two- start to the week possible, except that I saw that Danny Rand was still alive, and I got a little upset. Mm, He's yeah. gonna be alive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danny's still alive. <sighs> still fighting hallways. Still fighting hallways. It's yeah, fine. It's I just want to see. I just want to see someone. From the defenders before they get their shit together, kick his fucking head in. Well, I well, I mean, Luke Cage. Luke Cage will get his his sweet revenge because because Iron Fist sucker punching Luke Cage cannot go over glowy well. feast and and his his jaw. I'm sure he like spits out a tooth and oh, it's gonna be so good. Do we not like Iron Fist because the show's bad? Is that is that the only reason? Oh yeah, because okay. here's the thing. Well, the defenders might be good, and then and then. That's, they might, see, so here's, they might, here was here was my problem. It's not the whole mysticism part of Iron Fist because I love Doctor Strange like with a passion. It has nothing to do with that. The show, I see. If I look 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 at this smart ass. If I had read any of it before seeing the show, I probably would have been fine because I feel like if I read it, I'd appreciate it a lot more. But whatever they did with this show was god-fucking-awful between the casting. I don't know who they picked for their special effects or for their fight scenes. If they use in Defenders the same guy that did the Daredevil, that choreographed all of that, we're gonna be golden. But not if they use the same people that worked on Iron Fist. It was just so sloppy and so bad. It made it unwatchable. Yeah, I agree. It's biggest sin... It's that it was very boring and it dragged in its pacing and and they managed to make martial arts fights look really bad and boring too. Like I like I'm such a huge martial arts buff, so like and I know I'm a little really biased, but like oh my god, like the the one thing that really got me it was just it was like in the middle of the season where Iron Fist was facing off against this uh like this guardian or gatekeeper and he was a drunken boxer yes and they made they made drunken boxing look really boring they didn't and really even just like make sloppy. It look boring though they made martial arts look ridiculous they made a buffoonery out of it it wasn't even good it really like there were things about iron fist that i, I can't deal with yeah there's like really bad choreography there's too many snap cuts that just took you out of the action and i'm telling you there were even points where you could see the wire work and watch it be like sloppily edited out like it just it, it didn't it didn't go over well and and i think it wasn't just one thing there were multiple things that i think i could have forgiven sloppy fight scenes if the guy they cast was better and vice versa yeah. but it was all just a giant pile of shit 
they um, didn't they didn't have a clear vision of the character. Um, like for one, it was like the whole the arrow slash Doctor Strange slash like trying to go like Batman kind of thing where like like a man returns from abroad trying to returns to a city and tries to figure out his place and his role. But it, it executed like really badly. There was like so many boardroom scenes. I think like the the subplot with him trying to re like the whole family drama stuff, it dragged on for so long and then and then you got the hand and then you got like Was it then like, you got Was it like serious business all the way through? There was a there was a lot of serious well okay in terms of tone there was like no mirth. There's no like what the fuck. That's like ninety percent of Iron Fist is mirth. Yeah, it is super serious. That's um, not they fucked yeah. up. Yeah, no, they did. They really did. It was it was terrible. Iron Fist at it when it's when Iron Fist is at its best. It's jokes and punches. Yeah, it's like a but Jackie there wasn't Chan movie. even any of that. Like I I think I was laughing more how awful it was. Like how much I couldn't sit through it. It wasn't even like it's so bad it's good. It was just bad. Mm. And it almost kind of felt like, here, we're giving this to you because we know that Defenders is coming, so we just have to do this and get it over with. Especially the all the stuff with the hand. It was it felt a lot like, well, let's rush this, and we're, this is all basically a setup for the Defenders movie, which is kind of weird, because all of them kind of are, but this was more way more blatant. And yeah. the, the writing definitely felt shoehorned and rushed and sloppy and yeah. So I there mean, were just too uh, many the, things that were sloppy about it. It was it, unforgivable. Yeah, the best part, the best part though, were the female characters, uh, especially especially Claire, because Claire. Oh, really? No, we didn't like. I, I honestly, I, I, I don't loved, even think I some of those ladies female, could have saved it. I really don't. I think they were really strong in this. Um, in his episode, or not well, his episode, beso- okay. Show. So besides Rosario Dawson being herself, like, fine, I will give you that. But the 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 sister and Colleen, I needed Colleen to be like this badass, and I just I I couldn't stand her, could not stand her. If if Rosario Dawson hadn't been in any part of it, I'm sorry, <laughs> I like Colleen. <laughs> I hated her. I there is no part. I I have nothing good to say about it. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Like okay, well, I I'll give you that. There was this weird subplot where like she just goes unhinged for like no apparent reason, or it just seemed really out of the blue and starts beating the shit out of people in gang fights or not gang fights, uh, like pit fights and and they never explain it. Yeah, uh, to me, it just seemed like a well, it was it seemed like a weird. Uh, what was the, what's the word? I don't know. It seemed like a weird way for Iron Fist to get one over her. Like, like it's, it was, it was like, it was, it was like the same scene where he, he was trying to teach Colleen, like, proper martial arts and the the same, uh, venue. It's like him trying to teach her, like, proper zen or proper peace of mind kind of stuff. And it just seemed like so preachy and condescending and, uh, just. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're like okay. Let's move on from the Iron Fist. This is not the Iron Fist spoiler cast episode. Yeah, let's go. Spoiler oh, cast. Don't watch it. That There's nothing trailer. to spoil. Anyway, Defenders. Very fucking excited. I missed Jessica Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones was killing it. I, I think she was. I think she. I think she was stealing a lot of the of the scenery. 
Uh, for me, like uh, my, my personal favorite was like the the interactions between Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and how like no one's still no one takes Iron Fist seriously, and it's beautiful. And to answer your your question, Stan, like I don't have anything against the character. I um and I think he's he's a really awesome character. It's just just this it, the the Defenders universe incarnation of Iron Fist is just so. Uh, it's so black. Well, hopefully Luke Cage but, like slaps some sense into him. There's a lot of cool things to look forward to, like Sigourney Weaver. You know, she's gonna be the the big bad. I don't know how exactly she's connected. And then Stick comes back, and then Elektra's coming back. So, uh, I'm, it's gonna be dope. There's a lot of people coming back. I'm 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 really excited. I'm really excited to see like Matt Jessica Jones reactions, like interactions. Hmm. I, I'm very. I just want to see how this whole dynamic is going to work because they're so different. And then for Luke, it's going to be like the first time him and Jessica have seen each other for a long while. Do you think they're going to do by the end of it? Because we know where they left their respective seasons. They were they couldn't be the furthest thing from each other. Do you think they're going to go with the comic book like the same pair? In comic books, do you think it'll end with maybe the two of them getting together? Uh, from the trailer, it still seemed like him and Claire were yeah. still having a having a thing so far. Well, the thing is, is if they want to, it's gonna have to happen eventually because they are married. Yeah, and have, baby. And have a baby they who becomes babies. Captain America in the future. So that's what that that's what Secret lovely. Empire needs. It needs future Captain America to come back and like stop shit like trunks <laughs> 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 yes yes uh there was one other thing i want to make oh yeah oh yeah misty knight is back she she appears in the the very first scene oh right that's how the, the trailer started exactly uh so jessica jones fi- uh foiled some sting operation or she she got a suspect killed and Misty Knight is grilling her, and then Matt Murdock walks in, and he's like, "Who the hell are you? I'm Matt Murdock, and I'm your attorney. Don't say anything." Uh, that that was, and it, that was so cool. Um, so all the all the big and uh, supporting characters, they're all gonna get a moment to shine, and I'm really excited about this. Comes out August. Can't Comes wait. out August. Yay! To tag a piece of news that came out a couple days ago, uh, related to this. Uh, in an interview, uh, Kevin Feige is changing his tune on the separation between the movie and TV universes. He was doing an interview with IO9, and his he's becoming more open to the idea of of doing a crossover between the Defenders, or not, well, crossover between TV and movies he didn't specifically state defenders and tv that could mean anything from like defenders to age of the shield to maybe with inhumans that's coming up i will we'll talk about it in a little bit but i feel i feel like the most sensible thing is to see them and appearances leading up to and have them be part of infinity infinity war in an article that i read about that though it made it sound like he didn't say he was open to it. it ma- he made it sound like it was just like an inevitability, like this is going to happen eventually. I think I saw something about him mentioning bringing like 
Daredevil to the big screen and like giving him his own movie. But I've also read things that say that that's never going to happen, that it's just going to be what it is right now. It didn't seem very definitive on his part. Yeah, it wasn't, there was no concrete news. It was just more like, like a shift in attitude kind of thing. It it seems, it would seem pointless for them to not do that. Like, why have this whole other property over here if you're not going to cross pollinate? I don't think they're avoiding it. I think they're just trying to find the right way to do it, I guess. You just fucking, they just show the fuck up because it's New York City and everybody's in New York fucking city. Yeah, well, in this universe, New York City is the, must be the biggest fucking island we've ever seen because Hell's Kitchen goes from like, so, Soho to like the tippy tippy like right just before Harlem and Harlem is from wherever Harlem's supposed to start till up where I live. And then apparently you're five minutes away from Georgia. Well, I mean, you didn't you didn't you didn't hear that in the MCU New York is actually the name for America. I mean, like Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> That's exactly what it seems like. It seems like they've just like elongated everything and forgotten about everything else. I don't know I don't know how big New York City is in that, but it's it seems It's like Texas sized. I think it's bigger than Texas. <laughs> so, uh, uh, comic book New York City, it's it's a living character, so it can shrink and expand and change form when it needs to. So that's a clearly. <laughs> I think, it, like Stan said, it would be such a waste uh, if they. I mean, like right now, you know, the, the most they could do is they briefly mention, oh, the Battle of New York, or. The big green guy, or something like that. And I mean, they have newspaper clippings for all that stuff on the walls of all of this, sh- of yeah. all the shows, anyway. Yeah, that too. But like, I just want—I uh, don't know. I just want like, I don't know, Drax. You know, Drax and Luke. You know, ha- sharing a laugh over something. That'd be awesome. Oh, that mustachioed wizard with the lightning hands. You heard about that boy? That's gonna be a line in the Defenders. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah, I mean we'll see what happens. I don't know. We're gonna be having we're we're gonna be having what like uh, Marvel properties going on for the next twenty years. So statistically, it should happen. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the next piece of news. Uh, this is also related to TV. Uh, Marvel released the first cast image of the Runaways TV series. Uh, that's gonna be hosted on Hulu. Yeah. And- I'm Hulu subscription. Super, yes, um, Hulu's really killing an original t- television. This is a little bit of a side, but everyone should go watch The Handmaid's Tale. It is. You're gonna be up. disappointed in me. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, uh, it's okay. I don't. I. It's just watch it as soon as possible. It's so good. It's so scary. It's like legitimately one of the most scariest dystopian properties I've ever seen. Ever. Why is it? Because uh, it's too real. It's too real. Oh, it's shit. way too real. It's way too real. Uh, but you know, also, it's way too real. The cast photo for this. It looks exactly like... It looks exactly like the the the, the Runaways combo cover. Yeah. There's not an exact release date, but it will premiere sometime this winter. And for those who haven't heard of the Runaways TV series... Uh, it focuses on six teenagers who band together um, because they realize that their parents are all part of a evil crime organization. So they all have like superpowers, or they're all 
like they have like, some one of them is like a mad scientist. Uh, so they 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 go around. They, they dis- either they discover they have secret powers or they steal some of their parents' technology, and then they just go with it and become like a bunch of mismatched heroes. And it's gonna be great. I love that premise. Yes. Okay, so Stan, this is when you can cut loose because uh, we got the first trailer for the Inhumans TV show. Stan's oh, it looks great! Favorite. Oh, it looks real great. I'm I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Oh, you know those beloved Inhumans. Oh, everybody loves the fucking Inhumans, and I've heard of them and cares real much about them. <laughs> Why? Why are you so set against the Inhumans? What What did they do to you to make you so salty? No, I, where in what part of my speech did that seem like I wasn't excited for the Inhumans TV show? Should Should we Should we give an example of what true excitement sounds like, <laughs> and then compare? Yes, yes, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> no, nothing. No, I'm sure. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody out there must like the Inhumans. Why would they be doing this if they, if not, if nobody cared about the Inhumans? Why would there be a TV show? People make mistakes. You know. Why would they take up like eight seasons of Agents of Shield if nobody cared about the Inhumans? It can't possibly be because Marvel doesn't have the rights to use the fucking X Men, is it? Could that be why? Am I going to get Black Bolt and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite instead of Wolver-fucking-een or Mag-fucking-neato? Am I going to have to play as Medusa because I can't play as Jean Grey? Are they going to make Squirrel Girl an Inhuman now because they don't want to make her a mutant because then Squirrel Girl will have to be in fucking Fox's movies? Anyway, I'm sure it's great. (laughs) Oh, that that bait and switch. My favorite is when Black Bolt is just wearing a jacket and jeans, and he's like, I I can't talk because my voice is real loud. And then Medusa, who looks like she's from Game of Thrones, and I don't know who everyone else is. One looks like Katniss from The Hunger Games. <laughs> then we have um, Knockoff Gunslinger on the far left. In other words, Stan is really excited for this. Like, super excited. Ah, yes. The Mutants by any other name. Coming to a TV near you because they couldn't make a movie out of it because nobody gave a fuck. (laughs) Please, if you like the Inhumans, email us, pals, at supernerdpals.com because I need to know somebody's out there who gives a fuck (laughs) about the Inhumans. Please do it. Like, please. Please, I want examples. Why? You could tweet it at us, too. Contact us. However, tell us you like Inhumans. Tell us how much you love it. Yo, if if the Inhumans were so great, why didn't Black Bolt roll up? Why didn't he pull up during Secret Empire and just told Cap to fuck off at the top of his lungs and just blew his ass away? He didn't. Where the fuck the Inhumans at now when we need them most? Oh, boy. They ain't nowhere. They're on fucking ABC. With their bootleg (laughs) action figure ass costumes. Remember that rumor that came out like a couple years ago when the Inhumans movie was still a thing or possibly a thing, and everyone everyone was saying Vin Diesel what wanted was going to be Black Bolt. I would have yeah, enjoyed that. that now? I would have totally been all about Inhumans if Vin Diesel was Black Bolt, Michelle yeah. Rodriguez as Medusa, uh, <laughs> Fast oh Eight, just the entire Fast Eight cast, Ludacris as somebody else because I only know two Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, is Charlize Theron also going to be the main villain? Because <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> if you just took the cast of Fast and the Furious and put them in like Halloween adventure in humans' costumes, I would watch that movie slash TV show. But it's not. Bl- Black Bolt, the king, gives an impassioned speech about how their family... He can't because he fucking blows them all away. He can't say <laughs> shit. <laughs> Also, I'm curious because there's a Black Bolt number one that just came out because, you know, Marvel loves doing that. How did... How... Can that man not talk? How do you have a whole issue of... A whole comic series about a man who can't talk? It's all thought bubbles. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> internal monologue. Yeah, That's guess, all it yeah. is. If he can't yeah. talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that what works. What is he doing all day? Just... Thinking! Because he can't fucking talk! Just panels of him furiously writing on his whiteboard. <laughs> He's just like, it's like, oh, oh, shit, dog, is Captain America president now? Oh, God. We gotta move out. <laughs> Humans out, and then he just, like, leaves. And then well, we never okay, saw well, it again. Well, Stan, uh, uh, let, me, let me run this past you. This is from Wikipedia. Oh, boy. Uh, this is, uh, so, quote, the fork-like antenna worn upon his forehead helps Black Belt control his power. So, but there's no fork on his head in the in the TV show. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then everyone's fucked. <laughs> I'm open to the idea, um, and like I, I don't, I don't want to trash things until I watch it. I mean, that's that's why I suffered through Iron Fist, and and I could I'm happy to say that at least I watched it and had. You know, information to make my own opinion. So that's, that's the same I'm going to do with in, Inhumans. Um, More power The one to thing... You. I'm sorry. <laughs> the one Inhumans-related property that I really wish would happen and would either become a TV or a movie is Miss Ma- Marvel. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, she's an Inhuman, uh, and I want her to be on the big screen because she's amazing. And um, that's like I think that's like the big the the biggest and greatest thing about the humans. Oh yeah, you know what? I actually forgot Kamala wasn't inhuman because Kamala's actually really cool. Mm. So it completely slipped my mind that she was actually also inhuman. Or Stan, if you worked at Marvel, would you just wreck Connor to be a mutant? Oh hell yeah! Of- <laughs> I, I do this all in reverse. <laughs> I would just take all the cool inhumans and make them mutants. Yeah, and it's a really it's a really great time for mutants. Well, not. Well, I mean, in terms of publication history, like you got X Men Gold and Blue, um, and all these other cool uh, titles that are coming out. Anyway, Inhumans, stay tuned. Um, ah! I mean, if you if you're a fan of the Humans, let us know. Uh, we're we're genuinely, uh, genuinely curious about it, and and you know, tell us tell us more about what like 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 give us like the secret history of crash course on like what is the best in human stuff because honestly i i dabble in a bit it's miss marvel yeah well yes uh miss marvel of course is uh already top tier but if there's any other stuff that you would think we would like or uh, just send us your recommendations Woo! Woo! all right so we are on to the last piece of news the Dark Tower. Oh wow! The Dark Tower trailer. Yes! Oh my God! I'm excited. This. I'm excited. Th- oh my! This looks crazy good. The just Andrew Elba and Matthew McConaughey and some little kid. I don't know who he is, but he he looks pretty cool. And 
This looks amazing. I am slightly wary because even though I haven't read all the books, I've re- I got through the first three. And if I remember correctly, the boy doesn't play as big of a part. And I guess this is the only way they could sort of translate these books onto screen was to sort of make it from his perspective mm-hmm. instead yeah, of the so, other way around. Yeah, the kid is the analog for the for the viewer. Yeah. Right? So, which, which I have feelings about it, but the trailer I I uh there were nods to so many King things. There were the balloons from it that I like clocked in the trailer. I know there's like a shining nod somewhere that I think I missed. Fucking Jack Nicholson, like, napping in the snow, is that? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, well, I'll go back and watch it and figure it out. But I could not be more excited to see Dark Tower. I'm very excited. No, I just, like, the cinematography looks so beautiful. The CGI is just just enhancing everything. And, like, just the fact that Edges Alba is going to be using, like, Gunslinger Kung Fu equilibrium style like oh my god just just like like the it, it, it only takes like two seconds but like my like the part that excites me so much is just he just takes his revolver and like reloads it in like a supernatural way and then he points at the screen it's like oh that's just alpha you're so cool i think he's uh, fucking perfect casting yeah my gosh and i think my matthew gosh. mcconaughey can literally do anything so he can I, and he looks, he, he looks and sounds and so creepy and Evil, maniacal, I love it. I love, I love it. it so... Oh my gosh. This trailer, I, I can... Like, like okay. We, we had... Well, like, there's like so many so many trailers that came out this week. Which one was the best? Dark Tower. Uh, personally, like, I love the Defender stuff, but like, holy shit, Dark Tower. Like, best trailer of the week. That was so good. Well, because the works are so iconic. And I, I really think that the Dark Tower is probably... His best known series, his best known novel, like, period. Like, when you talk about, like, his king's, like, magnum opus, I'm pretty sure people talk about The Stand and things like that. And don't get me wrong, The Stand, like, fucked me up for days after I finished it. But there's something about The Dark Tower that I think people hold very close to themselves and, like, treasure so much that these are the people that are gonna either praise the movie and say yes this is perfect or they're gonna shit all over it and be like no you just ruined my favorite fucking series why did you think this was a good idea so i'm curious to see what the diehards really feel mm. about this movie and the diehards have been waiting for a long time I and mean, this is a project of trying to get off its legs or trying to get off the ground Ever since 2007 with J.J. Uh, Abrams trying to do an adaptation. And it's, it switched several hands. So you got J.J. M- Abrams from 07 Because I feel there's such 09. a high expectation for this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Stephen King as the Dark Tower. What's his name? Nicolas Arcel. I think he's doing all the right things. Uh, it, looks, looks, it looks pretty fucking great from the trailer. So uh, I'm completely on board. I have all faith in in um in this project so oh please like oh my gosh um wow this is this is so good i need to refresh myself uh just gonna binge read all the dark tower books um 
but hold my that, god. That might take you a while. I know, I know, and I don't have a lot of time. The release date is August 4th, 2017. Oh so... yeah, you're not going to finish it in time. Come on, man. Uh, but I need to. But okay. so Audiobook. Oh, true facts. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Stan. That's the only way I'm going to finish Murakami's um, 1Q84. Because that book is like this, like the fucking phone book size. So, audio audiobooks. Um, so, any other, th- any other thoughts about the Dark Tower? It just looks so good. Never Can't read wait. the book. Never saw the trailer. Still want to see it. Read the read at least the first book. That's the smallest. Book. I have the first book. So read it. No. Yes. I want to watch the movie first. No, you have to read the book first. Why? Explain. Because, no, no. Okay, so okay. Mm, you really, Stanley? This is what. Look, look. Okay, you watch, okay, okay. You watch okay. the movie. Wait, I, 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 I feel like I know where you're coming from, but no, I don't think you listen, do. Listen to this. Listen to this alternative. <laughs> You see the no, movie first, no you're like, oh, wow, that was great, because I have zero expectations. Then you go, you read the book, and it's like, wow, this is better. There's more scenes and shit. And now you no. have two great experiences. Instead of reading no. the book first, no. going to the movie and going, wait, they took out that part where he ate the duck. And it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? So, okay, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. Usually, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, you should have read the book before you saw the movie. Like, I'm usually one of those people where it's like, doesn't really fucking matter. You're going to have a good time either way. When it comes to the Dark Tower, because the world is set and the world has a lot of shit going on, and there's a lot of things you have to keep track of, like, I know I'm going to reread the first book before I see this. Whether it goes, whether the movie takes it beyond the first book, that I don't know, that I can't say anything to, because I think there are, what, eight books? So are we looking at eight movies? I don't know. But because of how they decided to adapt the book, to this movie, I think it is so important for people to read the book before they see the movie. Because right, of the way it's being adapted. Alright, maybe. We'll see. That's all. You went you took me from a no to a maybe, so. No! I took you on no, I took you from a no to usually I don't give a shit. This book, it really fucking matters. You have to read the book before you see the movie. Stan, don't give Ryan a heart attack. Please read please read it before. <laughs> Fine, I will probably maybe read it. I'm not reading anything right now. Well, there you fucking go! Uh, you already own it! Spe- speaking of uh, movies and books, um, do not ever... I'm serious. I'm getting serious. The, I, the, the humor in my voice is, is, has left it's gone. completely. Do not, if you're listening to this, do not ever watch A Dog's Purpose. Ever. Ah! Do not watch that movie. Do not even look at that movie in the video store. Just keep oh, walking. Boy. Do is not it touch depressing? it because you will be cursed. It is a cursed object in this world. Do not. Okay, no thanks. I don't need that. Warning. Do not see, watch, touch, or feel a dog's purpose the movie. The book is fucking fantastic. I cry every time. Read the book. It's a great book. Great book for dog lovers. If you have a heart in your body and you're not an inhuman. <laughs> <laughs> Read a dog's purpose because it's fantastic. But the movie, well, turn away, turn away right <laughs> now. Anyway, that was my PSA. <laughs> Just do not watch that movie; it's garbage. And it's a good segue because you know what book adaptation you should read and watch: uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, which was adapted into an amazing TV show. Now that doesn't matter. That Ryan order Fuller does not matter. And Michael Green. 
I'm sorry? I said that order does not matter. You can watch a TV show or read the book first. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's amazing either way. Yes. So, so Ryan, this is your topic. I uh, was oh not my God, this, disappointed. This? Uh, I watched it really recently. I, I was actually up like two in the morning uh, watching it because I just, I don't know what happened to this weekend. It was kind of a blur, but I watched it. And I was like, ah, oh, this, this is so good. But, right, uh, my, right. My, 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 my eyeballs are changed. My my, my cerebral cortex is enlightened. It Forever is- changed. It was one of those things. It's one of those things where when they said they were doing this, I was so against it. I was like, no, they shouldn't do this. It's going to be horrible. They're going to screw it up. And after I sat there and watched the first episode, I was I said to myself, Literally no one else could do this except David Slade and Brian Fuller with Neil Gaiman's writing. No one else could have done this. It was so perfect. It was so good. And it was everything that I pictured when I read the book. It was the most perfect. For those of you who don't know American Gods and don't know what American Gods is about, it is basically the story of... The old gods and the new gods. And the new gods so, are being represented by media and technology. And the, and the old, old gods, gods are like... Everything. Uh, like, like Norse gods or pagan gods. Yeah. Or like holidays. Exactly. And there's a regular dude that's just caught in the middle of all of this. And he's now coming to grips with... Or he will eventually come to grips with their existence and that this is an actual thing. It was... I'm I, blown away. Absolutely incredible. It, it I could watch the intro to the show. Oh day. yeah, the intro alone. The intro alone. I was alone so is mesmerized. Beautiful. I'm exactly mesmerized. Yeah, it's got like this, like this '80s feel. Like with, there was like so much neon, and then and then you just got like these totems and and these these symbols of like various goddesses and religions or gods and religions and uh, totems and uh, it, and just it just which is designed in this really cool esoteric abstract way and it's just like oh what is going on i love this this is so cool and um i think that's one of the best o- opening sequences ever like so far like in, in recent memory I mean, it was it was attractive. It was stylish. It really like pulls you in. Like I literally sat there. Like my body is ready. I am ready to like get into this world. The guy who's playing Shadow, exactly how I pictured Shadow Moon. I mean, everything is perfect. Yeah, that's uh Ricky Whittle. Ricky um, Whittle, yeah. Yep, uh, he's known for a, a lot a lot of TV work such as Mistresses and the post APOC drama The One Hundred. And yeah, you know, like the their casting in this is super perfect. They have the guy who played Satan and Constantine in this as one of my favorites. They mm. have a wonderful man. I love that playing, guy. He's playing, almost he's almost as good as Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, debatable. And he was um <laughs> he was he also played Satan in the the first season of Prison Break. Well, well there you go. That man was just bound to play Satan. I don't. I don't think he's actually Satan. I just like every time I see him, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's Satan." That's yeah. who I picture when I think of like the devil. Is yeah, is him. it's him. But especially from Constantine in his white suit with all of that tar 
just dripping from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you also I'm, got Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday. Oh uh, my- again, perfect. Too good, too good. It's it's one of the... And Kristen Chenoweth is playing Easter, which, that was amazing. I don't know the name of the woman who played Bilquist, but that scene... Oh, that's, uh, Yetede Badaki. Uh, she's a Nigerian actress. She was on a show called Sequestered. And she's also been on Criminal Minds, NCIS, uh, Lost. So, yeah. She, 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 she has a pretty heavy... TV career. There was just so many. I I'm so excited about it. It did not disappoint. I can't wait for episode two tonight. I am definitely going to be making updates on this show every week because I have a feeling that I will not be disappointed by this. Mm. Especially because the team they have behind it is stunningly brilliant. Yeah, and like how they're framing it, it's like it's really cool. Like they they seed in. Um, like like in the books, like uh, subplots and cutaway scenes. Um, so in the in the beginning, you got a couple scenes already. You got like Mister Ibis writing uh, stories about uh the whole like immigrant experience of the gods. Because what happens is like uh th- this uh American gods is uh a very eclectic mix of genres. It's like Americana and fantasy, uh ancient and modern mythology and a lot of uh a big premise of the show is that uh people or well the gods exist because people believe in them they're they they're powered and they're given i guess like corporal form through through faith so uh, these gods um they come to existence because like the uh, because like the immigrant experience like people come to america and they bring their gods with them so that's why uh, America is, is populated by so many of these gods, and this, and and there's it's also why there's like this new divide between the old gods and the new gods because the new gods represent like current American interests and I guess like quote unquote idols, so like the internet or money or capitalism. His name is Peter Stromer, by the way. Oh, cool, Satan. Oh. Awesome. Yes, yeah, Satan. Yes. He's also. Um, he was also not only was he in Prison Break and Constantine and this, he was also in uh, John Wick. Yeah, um, yes! until, until dawn in the video game. Too and good. actually, uh, and actually, tonight's episode, episode two, we're meeting his character on American Gods. Hell yeah! Yes, he so played. Wait, 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 I want to remember that cartoon, the Batman. That wasn't yeah, that I love, great. Like, but by, oh, I love that. It was okay. Jeff Basuda, right. like the same guy uh, who did Jack fine. and Chan Adventures. Fine, okay. The movie Batman versus Dracula. He played Dracula. Oh, really? Shocking! Yes. <laughs> so, pretty good actor. That's, that's pre- pretty good actor. Um, so yeah, Mister Ibis gets a little bit of love in, in the in the beginning, and uh, the subplot where the the OG Vikings come to America uh, that that gave some love, and as well as. Um, uh oh god we we just talked about her uh oh god oh yeah Bequis, uh, the goddess of love Bilquest, the goddess of love and uh that scene was like so intense and crazy i remember um, reading it in the in the book and i was like how in the hell are they going to do this on tv and they did it and it was 
nothing short of perfection. It was everything. I can't. I have nothing bad to say about this show so far. And that's just on mm. episode one. Usually I can find things to, like, nitpick over. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this, but it's it's surprisingly gory. I mean, I'm not saying that saying that in a bad way, but like I love that. I thought it was like really. You just see like body parts being ripped apart and like blood exploding across the street. I, I love it. it was I mean, and really there's going to be a lot more of that, so this is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. So, TLDR, go get stars however you can. I got stars, um, on Amazon Prime. You can get like a free seven day trial. Uh, so uh, that already guarantees me two episodes, like I watched last week's, and I'm can't wait for this week's or this Sunday's episode. And uh, it's totally like, oh my god, I, I I'm gonna pull Orion and try to keep up, and we're, we're gonna try to do a week by week update about yes! about the series. Uh, go out and watch this, and if you have stars, uh, episode two drops later tonight. Yep. Uh, right. What time does uh, nine uh, p.m. Eastern Central or Eastern? Eastern. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, when you're and- done gagging and loving over this series, then you can go pick up the book or go listen to the book. Yes. It's amazing. Audiobooks. I'm telling you. I have an actual, I have an audiobook of a Neil Gaiman book narrated by him. It's his Norse mythology book. No regrets. Mm, no regrets. So good. I could so listen good. to that man talk forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so I, I'm keeping yeah. a very close eye on American Gods. It's, it's way too good. Stan, get on it. Yeah, yeah. We already gave him homework for this episode. He has to read The Gunslinger, okay? Like, one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time, please. I feel like American Gods, you can binge. You might not be able to breathe after, but you can binge it. Uh, so, sorry, Ryan, you have to leave early, but where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore red underscore horror. Excellent. And Ryan, you're also in charge of our Tumblr. Yes, I am in, in charge of our Tumblr, and I will occasionally take over Twitter once in a while. So come hit me up. I don't bite. Hard. Message her about <laughs> your thoughts about the Dark Tower and, and, and American Gods. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Or anything in general. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for for being an excellent host, and uh, we will we will we are so sad you're leaving early, but we will we will finish strong. And, and you guys got this. You got this. We got this. <laughs> you got this. Uh, all right. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Bye. See you. And we're back. Woo! All right, so I can go first with my pull list. Cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, who are listening for the first time, our pull list is our picks for the comic books that are coming out this week, or very soon, or maybe just came out, and we read, and we want to briefly talk about it. So, uh, I want to give a a cool little shout out to the upcoming, or I guess the current arc of the Suicide Squad comic book. I don't know if you remember, Chris, like, many weeks ago when Rebirth happened and they restarted Suicide Squad, the very first arc had them fighting General Zod. Mm. And Katana, like, fucked them up with her, like, magic sword and shit, and they basically 
captured Amanda Waller captured him and like kept him on ice all this time. And I kind of fell off of the Suicide Squad book um, after the first arc. But now they are starting this new arc uh, called Kneel Before Squad. Wait, 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 wait. Kneel Before Squad? Yeah, Kneel Before Squad. <laughs> and this past this past issue that came out had Amanda Waller having uh, made the Suicide Squad pull a heist on Lex Luthor's building to steal kryptonite. And Amanda Waller, Waller took that kryptonite and fashioned a kryptonite bomb and implanted it into General Zod's brain. So now, with this <laughs> next issue coming up, General Zod is going to be joining the Suicide Squad. Wait, what? What? What metahuman or cosmic threat will require them to have General Zod on their team? Listen, it's an eel Superman on the Suicide Squad. That's all you need to know. I the know. I know. The, 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 the idea is awesome, but like, what is Dark Side invading and Superman's? Well, away? it says okay for the description of the upcoming issue, um, Suicide Squad number seventeen. It says, um. His first mission, destroy the Annihilation Brigade, the people's own much deadlier version of the Suicide Squad. So, yeah, I mean, like, why not have an OP fucking member of the Suicide Squad? Right now, the lineup, according to this cover, is Katana, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Boomerang, Killer Croc, General fucking Zod. That's so That's that going to be pretty cool. I can't wait to see that play out. So, I'm currently back in Suicide Squad for now, reading it. Um... So, I mean, I, got, I guess they explain it. So, how does like kryptonite bomb implant his head like not kill him? It's like it's probably in like lead. yeah. It's probably I didn't read the actual issue. I just pick it up in anticipation for this arc. So like I, I'm pretty sure it's like lead lined or or something. Like maybe they use kryptonite to like. I know he he's like in a uh, red light room like you know like a red sun kind of thing to depower him so it's possible that they could just regularly just cut him in the red like room or whatever the fuck but um okay yeah. cool uh all right uh is there is there anything else on your pool list yeah only wolverine number 20 is coming out mm-hmm. um that should be really cool and x-men blue number three yeah, so you you basically covered all of my my picks. Uh, yeah, especially uh, Wolverine X Men Blue number three. Uh, I'm really excited for number three because um, one of my all time favorite villains in the X Men like anything franchise uh, are the Sentinels, and the Sentinels are a big part or like they're like the main focus of issue three. Um, Did you read and, issue two yet? Yeah, I picked it up. Um, and I, I mean, I just finished, like, again, I, I don't know where my weekend went, but I was up until 2 a.m. I, I finished reading, and I'm all caught up with the button stuff, which is, which is something we should talk about, but I haven't read 1 and 2 yet. I, I'm just reading through number 3. It looks really cool. Uh, here's a description from Midtown Comics. Uh, the X-Men and Sentinels get along like a house on fire. Dot, 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 ellipses, 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 until the X-Men meet a group of Sentinels who are, who are asking for help. What could these old fools want? Where do they come from? And why are they calling themselves mutants? So- yeah, so the the end of X-Men Blue number two, uh, Magneto sends them on another mission. 
um, involving the Sentinels, and they arrive, and the first thing that they're greeted by is a big group of Sentinels who are like, welcome fellow mutants, and they're like, what? And then it's like, to be continued. That's really cool. Yeah. I love, I just love, like, how X-Men Comics plays around with Sentinels. Um, I forget which ongoing title it was, but I think it was, like, Cerebra, uh, like, one of the other iterations of Cerebro uh, is put into a Sentinel's body. This is when, this is with the issue where, um, Old Man Logan starts stabbing the Sentinel, and then the Sentinel's like, why, why are you hurting me? Or it starts, like, to cry. I was like, that's awesome. I just love anything Sentinel-related, and this goes all the way back to, you know, um, the Nightis cartoon, the first episode, I had the VHS copy of this, and I watched it so many times. Night of the Sentinels. Uh, too good. So, And set, what, the Sentinels are one of my favorite characters from Marvel vs. Capcom as well. Kind of, kind of. I got bad news to you, Chris. <laughs> no, <laughs> about the upcoming Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. There's no Sentinel. There's Unless no there's X-Men. an inhuman Sentinel, uh, you probably, you probably won't see it. Unless nah. there's some kind of DLC pack down the line, which there might be. But X Men Blue, I I need to catch up. Number three sounds awesome. I'm uh, a little, I'm a little concerned because so far these books have been coming out at like an incredible clip, like bi-weekly you know every two weeks a new issue and that's kind of like insane for a four dollar book you know like you expect it for something like superman which is 2.99 but a twice a month book that's like four dollars might eventually get too much for me to sustain but it's it's great so far like it's cool having these issues really fast but like it's kind of like a a price versus speed consideration you know but but magneto yeah, Magneto. So far, so good, anyway. <laughs> Sexy Magneto, as the podcast canon of this would, would, would affirm. Yeah, right, right, right now. Like, right now, um, just I think X-Men is doing a lot of good moves. Um, I mean, uh, the, we, we touched upon this last week. There, there's, like, some weird concerning things on the horizon. Like, there's going to be a huge reshuffling of X-Men. We're both concerned about what, what that, how that will affect all new Wolverine. Um, Marvel just came all new Wolverine. Best title ever. Yeah. So far, the Secret Empire shit hasn't bled over into the X Men books, as far as I can tell. Mm. So. Uh, yes. We'll keep it that way, please, Marvel. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other pools that are on my list. Um, All Star Batman number 10. Um, I've been. I, I've been like, there's like weird pocket of holes, so I need to catch up on All Star Batman number ten. Um, but it's they're just starting a brand new arc. It's called the First Ally. Um, and here's a synopsis: "Quote when the Dark Knight is taken down by a new enemy whose attacks he cannot counter, he uncovers a plot spanning generations whose mastermind." Might be one of his closest allies, but who is the first ally? So they're going to be introducing a a new a new character. Uh, I don't believe first ally is anyone we've ever seen in the comics before. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There's like 77 years of Batman continuity, so it might be an obscure villain brought back for the brink. Um, but in general, like what I've read so far of Also Batman, it's really good. Um, but Stan, I think we should talk about. What's super good right now 
DC Rebirth's flagship, the button arc. Uh, I just finished reading issue three last night. Oh my god, it's it was beautiful. There's like like DC like who okay everyone all the architects of DC Rebirth like you guys are awesome. Uh, I've never been more excited about like DC stuff than late like lately, um, and just just seeing on the pages you know Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne Batman beating up goons uh, fists only and uh, like uh, like Thomas Wayne taking up Bruce's no guns no killing policy uh, and like just having just seeing like the like the closure like the father son moment and and like just seeing those raw emotions bleed off the page it was so beautiful I love it it was so good it was pure catharsis and I thought it was great and it was something that I never thought I'd see in like a main continuity Batman book is just like having Batman Bruce Wayne have some degree of closure with his father and the other way around with Thomas you know just having them have this moment and having two Batman side by side and and having that moment where where Batman uh where Bruce Wayne is to Thomas Wayne like your grandfather and it's just like this great like series of like moments between these two and I I wish it continued I wish like you know they managed to pull Thomas Wayne with them but he wasn't having it and so yeah he's he's lost to time unless you know maybe Damien Wayne one day is going to grow up and become Batman also and then he'll go back to this moment in time and you will have three generations of Batman like throwing down like, like- together like Batman, he he mentions to his father, like if I ever had the chance, I wanted to tell you the one the one thing that's most important. You're a grandfather. I have a son. Boom, crackoom, automatopia, like, and then Damien, like adult Damien Wayne, shows just up, steps through <laughs> as a fully grown Batman. Like hell yeah! Holy shit, that'd be that'd be so good. Well, the uh, the one thing I'm really interested in, like beyond this storyline of the button, is. Thomas Wayne basically begging Bruce to stop being Batman. Especially, like, I feel yeah. like that is a result of Bruce telling Thomas that he's a grandfather. It's like, oh shit, like, Bruce has a son now. He shouldn't be doing this. You know, like, the whole reason why I'm Batman is because I lost my son. Like, like stop, live your life kind of thing. And I wonder how Bruce is going to, like, come to terms with that. Because, you know, he he's not going to be stopping his you know his assault on crime anytime soon he's gonna be batman until until we're all dead you know batman's gonna live I, past this, us all so i don't know at the same time uh, it's, it's it's his own father telling him it's okay to like let it go yeah uh and it's like and not i mean um i mean it's like bruce wayne has given up like everything in his life like happiness or like a true family. I mean, I mean, his, I mean, he has a family. It's a broken family. Like, I don't know what's the current uh, status between him and Talia, but like, ever since Grant Morrison's run, um, it's been modeled off of a, a, a divorced couple coming from a broken family. Um, so his house it could be better in order, um, but at the same time, like. You know, coming from Thomas Wayne, like those, the weight of those words, I I find it really interesting. I, I want, I really, really want to see, like, an introspective issue of like Bruce Wayne, like maybe just in the Batcave, like just trying to figure out and trying to see if it's okay to let himself be happy. And like with uh, Thomas Wayne's words, his final goodbye as like 
the the spark and i that was such a powerful scene it's like whole and like and and i don't know just maybe batman trying to have like a normal like non crazy superhero relationship with his son like go also maybe go to paris and like hook yeah. up with uh selena kyle and <laughs> <laughs> michael kane like in the back drinking tea like that kind of ending um yeah yeah, spe- yeah speaking of like the the christopher nolan movies you know, the the scenes where they're thomas wayne and, and bruce are talking about like how they escaped the well or escaped the cave it played out exactly like the movies like, more or less they, yeah yeah they did an iteration of like why do we fall bruce so we can get ourselves back up and i just i just heard in my head like the hans zimmer score especially <laughs> in the end where like time is breaking down around them and Thomas is reciting the the lines, and they sit at the end. He's like re rise, and he pulls out a pair of battle ranks and starts charging into like the ta- decaying time zone. And it's like, holy shit, is, is he gonna fight Doctor Manhattan? That would be such a cool reveal. Like he somehow escapes and starts like going toe to toe with Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Oh my god! This we really need like a post arc like in between issue, or just like Batman like in the Batcave like coming to terms with like all this fall out from the button and stuff and i think it'll it'll be a really good issue if they do that they should like we need we need like some sort of like debrief from bruce about all this stuff going on and i really can't wait for the next issue of the button but apparently it's not coming out this coming week it's not it's not it's not on the pull list what no flash 22 i we may have to wait two weeks for it uh for the end the cliffhanger is so crazy so the so flash repairs the cosmic treadmill and the flashpoint continuity uh just disappears and they caught up with the reverse flash but this is before he got killed and there and he the, the reverse flash still has the button and he's like he's on his way to discover dr manhattan um uh the characters themselves they don't know uh, like what's the source of the radiation within the button or the button's connection to this mysterious figure but they're about to find out and it's like oh yeah, they're, they're- we're, we're about to see everybody us and batman and the flash are about to see like what the fuck killed reverse flash mm-hmm. from the first issue of the button so really cool oh like circular like timeline way to to wrap up the arc like taking us to right that right in that moment in, in that first issue so that should be Really cool, and I can't wait to read it and talk about Yo, it. DCAU, you should make this into a movie as soon as possible. Uh, after the arc ends, of course. But like, I want to see this animated, and I just want to see Thomas Wayne and Batman like fight together in sixty frames per second. That'd be so good. Like a like a sequel to Fl- the Flashpoint movie. Yes. Oh, yeah, too good. that'd be great. So I guess that's the pull list, huh? Yeah, that's the pull list. Uh, really good titles. Um, and really, just really awesome stories. So, DC is killing it. I love you, DC. Yeah, DC is killing it. Uh, last but not least, uh, we... We're, uh, well, uh, last but not least, we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which came out this past weekend. Uh, so, Stan, what do you think of the movie? I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I, thought, I liked it a lot I too. It was, I thought it was great. Um, 
I would say that for the first Guardians of the Galaxy, my expectations were like through the roof because I saw it a little late and everyone was like singing the praises of the movie. So I, I went in uh, thinking it was going to be like the hottest shit like I've ever seen. And, you know, when your expectations are that high, like no matter how good the movie is, it's going to fall below those expectations. So I walked away like thinking that it was a really good movie and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like what I was led to believe was going to be like the greatest experience so in time for volume two i feel like my expectations were in check i kind of knew what to expect from the first movie and i would say that even my enthusiasm was a little bit lower because of my experience with the first movie so i was like eh yeah i guess i'll see guardians too like i guess i should like i i don't i like the characters you know like Dave Batista as Drax and all that stuff. So I went in and, and it, you know, blew me away because my expectations were lowered and I thought it was like really awesome. And I, I, I think I like it better than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Personally. I, I really enjoyed it. Like for the same reasons. Um, like for me, like I, 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 I came into the movie with, I mean, I, I watched the first trailer, but then I tried to keep up myself as, like, trailer-free as possible, um, and I didn't have a lot of expectations, um, and it was such a good time. Um, I I expected this, but I didn't, ex- I didn't, I was surprised at how over-the-top amazing it was, but, like, Kurt Russell, I, I love Kurt Russell, and... I thought he was a, a definite show stealer. Um, he he's like what he's a he plays a very prominent role. He plays Ego, the Living Planet, and wow, it's too good. Oh, um, and like everyone was on their A game, and I loved how Marvel really trusted James Gunn with his vision. Um, I mean he 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 promptly I think shut every every data up with the first movie, and they gave Marvel. Studios fully gave him creative control. I remember him posting like an article about a couple months ago saying that the the cut that we see on the screen is the director's cut. Like Marvel did not have him make any changes to the movie, and it's super solid. It's tight. It's um, in a lot of ways, <laughs> I was laughing about it. It seemed like there was a bits of like. Like the Fast and Furious, but in space, like it's a lot about family and and which is great. Um, I'm not, uh, I mean, we make fun of it, but it's a really prominent and powerful theme, and it really, really shines through in this movie. Um, oh God, go see it. It's so it's, it's so it's really good. I like that. It, it's kind of like um, Spider Man Two for me, um, which not for nothing. Spider Man One, Willem Dafoe instant classic right but once you get to spider-man 2 all the introductions are out of the way all the characters know each other so you can kind of just get right into it and that's what i think was really worked for guardians 2 we didn't have to get the setup of each individual character and then also the setup of like the cosmic shit and and you know the nova core and how the guardians got together and like that's it was the first movie was great but it had to do a lot of legwork to get to that point but now we're already at that point we know you know Peter Quill's history. We know that the Guardians are together. We know each of the characters. We know about Yondu and and Gamora and her family shit. And so it was able to just dive right in and give us like a lot of character interaction, a lot of character growth. And 
really made the, you ca- ma- made you care about characters that you didn't care about too much, at least for me in the previous movie. Like I didn't really care about Yondu that much. Like I just Yond Yondu is a he he yeah and he, he he has a lot of really cool moments. Yeah, he has like a ton of great moments in this movie, and and he I was actually ab- absolutely sold on him as a character in this movie where in the previous movie I was like, he's not, I mean, he's okay, but he's not like somebody like, like when I saw the poster for guardians of the galaxy two, and I saw Yondu in the lineup, I was like, uh, <laughs> but I was like, yes, now that that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't even know I wanted it, but I got it. So it was great. Plus soundtrack epic as always, all the, all the not classic eighties hits. Um, uh, yeah, this. I know this isn't a sport class. There's so much I want to say right now, but maybe we'll save that for later. Yeah, we need to save it for when all four of the pals yeah. have seen it. You know, and Ryan oh, and yeah. Andy have seen it. We can do like maybe not a full episode, but like we should definitely talk about some of the plot stuff. I mean, it doesn't have like a lot of greater implications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like- a very contained story, but I think that works in its favor a lot. And so you can you can watch this without having to worry about the rest of the continuity and how everything lines up. And I thought it was a stronger movie because of it. It has some pretty cool implications for at least like the cosmic level properties. So yeah, um, I'm I, I mean I'll have to watch it again. I don't know if there's any Captain Marvel related stuff in there. Uh, I'm sure there are. Um, uh, Stay for the post-credit scenes because there are a couple of things in there that are crazy awesome. Um, especially, I think it was like the third, the third or fourth one. Um, like I, 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 I was blown back at that reveal. Let's just say they tease a pretty huge cosmic level Marvel character, uh, and it's awesome. So, um, plus we got answers about Stan Lee's like role in the <laughs> yes yes so yeah not um, wait not only MCU but I feel like Fox and like like everything every yeah every single Stan Lee related even thing, like and, maybe multiple iterations of the Fantastic Four like yeah even even Big Hero Six <laughs> 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 uh, which was a really good treat I love that um, so. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can you can Google Stanley cameo, um, Guardians of the Galaxy two, or just uh, watch Guardians of the Galaxy, or, two. or just watch it. Yes, go watch it. Support Marvel so they can keep on making awesome movies. Um, I I really want to give a shout out to Howard the Duck. I'm glad they brought him back for oh, a quick a quick scene. Not just one scene. He appeared in like two scenes. Oh, did he? And then, yeah, there was two scenes. Um, uh, I remember the like bar scene where he was like talking to that woman. Yeah, there's one other one. Oh, really? Um, huh. Yeah, it was later in the movie. Um, I th- oh guy. Uh, yeah, but he, he appears twice, and then then <laughs> there's like a a dancing Howard the Duck in the po and like roll credit. It's the credit scene. This is not spoilers. It's just super fun. There's like a really um they're they're playing like flashlight, and all the characters um are in this like grainy 70s psychedelic like poster credits roll mashup and they're all just dancing having a good time and then how the duck is is like holding like a martini and like jamming it's awesome yeah 
I really, now that they've laid all this groundwork for Howard the Duck, I need him to have his own movie again. <laughs> I need it to be written by Chip Zarsky. I, it would be fucking perfect because the, the, the Howard the Duck comic series is fucking great and I just need it. I, I never knew how much I needed a Howard the Duck movie until the comic and, and these two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I just do it, please. Make him part of phase four. I <laughs> <laughs> or have him like show up like eating a sandwich or something during like Infinity War. Like have him yes. like be a stowaway on the Guardian ship when they like come to Earth. <laughs> yes. Just whatever you gotta do, just get him to Earth. Please, please save us from the god awful previous Howard the Duck movie. Um, we should hate watch that. <laughs> I have not seen it, so I'm I'm up for it. I'm up for okay. watching it. We'll hate watch it. We'll make it like a special episode. And, and then and then we will argue the best pitch and synopsis for our Howard the Duck movie. And then we'll pitch it to Chip, pitch it to Marvel, and then we'll become rich and famous. And and stewards. Stewards of, like, Phase 5 of I, the I, MCU. I, I can, like, clearly picture a live-action MCU Howard the Duck movie. It's, like, so easy to do. You have Howard come to Earth via the Guardians, and then you just have him be this, like fucking wisecracking detective in new york and have she hulk be like his partner and introduce she hulk into the mcu like bruce um bruce banner's cousin and then just could be like talking shit to howard the duck and like they share like an office where she's like being a lawyer out of her office and and all of a sudden boom she becomes the fucking she hulk like halfway through the movie and it's like what the fuck and <laughs> they can even like like make a play on the Avengers line, like I'm always angry or some shit, <laughs> and like have her like Hulk out, and man, it would be so awesome. Yeah, quick cameo from Mark Ruffalo. There's like there's like in, in the Howard the Duck movie, he's like I mean the movie the comic book, he's he's a detective, and he's got like a pile of garbage in his office, and and they're like, what the fuck is that pile of garbage? He's like, it's my secretary, and there's like a face drawn like on a bucket or something. <laughs> <And it's> just, <laughs> like, <laughs> It'd be so great to like turn that into that. and like he's supposed to be friends with Spider Man, but he's not. And like he's he there's like so many connections to like Squirrel Girl too, where he's like tries to tweet at Squirrel Girl, but he's got feather hands, and so there's like so many typos and like his <laughs> tweets to Squirrel Girl, and like <laughs> and you could just you could have Tom um Tom Holland Spider Man show up and like Howard Duck will say some some shit about Uncle Ben, and then you just have him like collapse and start. <laughs> weeping in the streets over uncle ben just just like the comics just yes yes stan stan we need to pitch this to marvel right now i will executive produce it have chip write it the script and let's do it let's do it cool uh yeah so how are the duckies to be a thing and go watch guards of the galaxy volume two those are two main takeaways from this this segment and also read Howard the Duck. Have you been reading Guardians of the Galaxy comics recently? I mean, I know we had the free comic book. <clears throat> Not, uh, I haven't, I haven't read the free comic book day thing. Um, I like briefly like flirted with the idea of collecting some Guardians books around the time of the first movie, but like I never really interested me i like i would i got like rocket number one when they rebooted that and drax which was written by like cm punk and i like read the first issue of that and um yeah not like it hasn't really like grabbed me as much as i thought it would but 
they're relaunching all the Guardians books and just in time for the second movie. So if you want, like, I guess now's a good time to jump on with all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend GOTG uh, by Dan Abnett. That's an amazing seminal series. Uh, a lot of Dan Abnett's a lot of Dan Abnett's work informed the movies. Uh, I, I believe Dan Abnett was working on Volume Two as well. So I, I, I love Dan Abnett. He's one of my favorite writers. Uh, um, long before I found out that he was related with Guards of the Galaxy, he he's very famous for writing a lot of Warhammer 40k novels. Um, mm. He does a lot of really good space cosmic writing, and he also wrote. Oh, you wrote the story for Alien Isolation, which is another great. Oh well, there you go. Like I yeah, fucking love yeah. that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dan Abnett, you were awesome. Chris, drop drop that recommendation in the show notes so I can refer to it later. Because yeah. I, I want to read. I want to read some good Guardians of the Galaxy. I will, and I it's it's my secret wish and desire to have Dan Abnett on the show. So Dan Abnett, please, if you're listening to this, or if any any of you guys know Dan Abnett, please send him. Our regards, and we would love to talk to him about all of his work. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. This was Super Nerd Pals episode 111. Make a wish. Make a wish. Um, this was a great episode, and we had a lot of fun. And you can, uh, if you enjoy this, we have 110 other episodes that Whoa. you can all bench through. Isn't it crazy? So, so it's got to be fuck? like in excess of 200 hours of like us like bullshitting at this point. And it's all free, all free content. Uh, and we, we love doing this because we love nerding out and we love uh, informing you guys and talking to you guys. And we, you know, just, we're, we're creating a dialogue. So if there's anything you want to talk to us, uh, uh, feel free to tweet at us at Super Nerd Pals. Or email us at pals at supernipples.com. You can post anything uh, or share anything on our awesome Facebook group, Stan. Facebook.com slash group slash supernerpals. Thank you. We also have a Tumblr run by Ryan. That's supernerpals.tumblr.com. And um, as always, you have this podcast, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other podcast player of your choice, all you have to do is uh, copy-paste that sweet, delicious RSS feed into that podcast player. Um, as always, please like, rate, share, and subscribe. Um, if you love our content, if you love our weird shenanigans, our tangents, go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, the feedback, really, we really appreciate it. We always want to make the show better uh, and we're always re-kidding and retooling it to give you guys the best and most premium content we have out there it makes the show easier to find so the more reviews the more we show up in the itunes algorithm because itunes is the ultimate gatekeeper um and the best way to spread the show is one leave a review and two even more important than that share the show share the show with your friends your family your enemies you know, have a podcast listening party. I don't know if that happens, but that should be a thing. Right, Stan? Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. So thank you, guys. This was 111. Go out and watch American Gods, Guards of the Galaxy. Uh, have a good time. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Peace.